What's up, guys, and welcome to me ranking the Star Wars shows tier list. Now, this, of course, has all of the movies in it as well. We could do that as well, but I feel like I've done the movies already. I have a video on that. I think it's 17 minutes or so long. Check it out if you want. I rank all the movies. And I might go ahead and do it again because my opinions have changed. Sort of. Not really. Okay. So, as for the shows, these, of course, are the shows that Disney has created after George Lucas, of course, sold Star Wars. And we're going to rank them. Okay, so let's go through them first, and then we can decide where they go. The S list is obviously, like, perfection. There's nothing that can be improved. They're absolutely perfect, phenomenal. A, A tier, B tier, C, C tier, D tier, and then never watched. There are some that will fit into every single category here. So let's go ahead and get right into this. This is going to be a long video, so sit back, relax. Don't get triggered by my thoughts and views. Make sure to hit the like button if you like these videos and want me to do more. So, all right. Here we go. First of all, we have The Mandalorian. We're going season one, season two, season three. Okay. Then we've got The Clone Wars show. We've got Kenobi. Star Wars Resistance. We have Star Wars Rebels. The Bad Batch. Boba Fett. Andor. Tales of the Jedi. And the OG Clone Wars 2003, it was? I think it was 2002, by Tartartovsky. I always fail his name. Tartovsky. Tartartovsky. And uh, that was honestly one of the best Clone Wars, I think. You know, two totally different feels, but this one was much more gritty. Anyways, let's get into everything. Okay. So we're going to start off right off the bat with The Mandalorian. Season 1 and Season 2, for me, were by far, I think, the epitome of Star Wars. I think, like, peak Star Wars once George sold to... you know, Even, we could even say, like, it potentially could be also peak Star Wars even in the George Lucas saga of everything. And we're going to look at everything as a whole here. And I'm going to be totally transparent. Uh, I'm not going to be a shill. I'm not going to be a hater. I'm just going to give you guys how I feel. Just to give it to you raw. Tell you what I think, okay? So, The Mandalorian, I thought, Season 1 and Season 2 was absolutely phenomenal, okay? We had a new character that we had never met before, and I remember seeing the premiere, the first five minutes of the first episode of the first season at Star Wars Celebration, and this was like an exclusive thing that only we got to see in Chicago in 2019. I was floored. I thought this was really cool. I really wanted to watch the show, and I couldn't wait till I did. And finally, once we did, it was amazing. We got to see Baby Yoda, and it had that connection with the Jedi, with literally the, one of the most famous Jedi ever, which is Yoda, and we don't know anything about him. And George Lucas always said that this is a character who is going to be extremely mysterious. He comes and goes into the scenes, and we know nothing about him. And I thought that's brilliant. And Yoda is this very mystical, wise, ancient cre creature being who's also immensely powerful, as we saw in the prequel trilogy, or even raising Luke's X-Wing in the originals. So for me, Mandalorian Season 1 and 2, I don't think there's anything that could have been done better, in my opinion. I think it had beautiful exposition, beautiful action, beautiful acting, storytelling, the music, the soundtrack, the cinematography, everything was perfect. Season 3 of The Mandalorian, in my opinion, really strayed away from where Season 1 and Season 2 made me feel as, you know, a very proud and happy Star Wars fan on the edge of my seat, you know, excited for the next installment. Season 3 was all over the place. It was not so much about Din anymore. There were some parts that I was just very confused why they would even show that or waste so much time. And I never went back and I, I never watched the season again. You know, I watched it during the watch parties. And then I watched it again during the breakdown when I was trying to do all the breakdowns. And that was it. 
never watched it again. But season one, season two, watched it many times and enjoyed it and still enjoy it. But season three was just, seemed like something completely changed with the writing and the pacing and where the characters were going. Um, I didn't know what was going on there and I still am very confused and I hope that they'll pick up the pieces in season four or the movie that Dave Filoni will make, but no idea what happened there. So if we exclude season three, I would give The Mandalorian an A, an S tier. But because of season three, unfortunately, I am going to have to give it an A tier. Okay. We have Star Wars The Clone Wars. This is the one that George Lucas created. He was very hands-on. I had the privilege of interviewing uh, Jatakor, James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, of course, Ashley Eckstein. And they both told me how hands-on George Lucas was with The Clone Wars. Once it was sold, Lucasfilm was sold to Disney in 2012. Clone Wars was stopped. It was halted. And then they eventually came back with a season seven and completed the story without George Lucas. And I think that Dave really nailed it. I think he brought it home. Would George have made a lot of those decisions? I'm not really sure. I don't know. But it was still really amazing, really fantastic. I think the Clone Wars cartoon is something that every single Star Wars fan should watch because it really rounds out the entire story and character of all of the characters. You know, not just Anakin and Obi-Wan, but Padme. You know, I feel like a lot of people's gripe with Padme in the prequel trilogy was that she was too whiny. She was really um, kind of a damsel in distress. And I didn't get that vibe. I thought she was very powerful, very political, very... um, She had a lot of conviction with her own ways. However, uh, I could see how some people may be uh, getting that vibe. But in the Clone Wars, she was very, very boss girl. Like, she was badass. She did everything she wanted to do. She didn't listen to any of the dudes. She just had her own modus operandi. She had her own uh, ideologies. And she went out and she got them and she did what she wanted to do. Much like any other Jedi or anybody. And um, I think that, you know... The Clone Wars really rounded out characters for everybody. Mace Windu, Yoda, Qui-Gon Jinn. And added new stories too with the Mortis art, with the clones. Oh my god. Forget the main characters. Let's talk about the clones. We literally humanized them. They all have their own personalities. They all have their own stories. And they all have their own like psychosis and their own you know, issues. And I think the Clone Wars is something that... You cannot rate it anything below than mandatory to watch as a Star Wars fan. For that reason, I'm going to give it an S. Beautiful acting, beautiful writing, beautiful music, composing, the scenery, the art, everything is just perfect, amazing. Literally Star Wars, in my opinion. And you don't have Star Wars without the Clone Wars. In my opinion, and look, a lot of people are going to butt butthurt about this. Seasons um, 1 to 7, all canon. Episodes 1 to 6, all canon. Everything outside of that, I see as auxiliary. You know, just extra. Extra extra fluff. Extra stuff, fluff for Star Wars. That's fun and interesting, but at the end of the day, uh, the heart of the story is 1 to 6, episodes 1 to 6, and the Clone Wars. That's it. Okay, the next show on the list here. The Kenobi Show. The Kenobi Show. Kenobi! We have... A show that had the most potential of any Star Wars project to date. After, of course, George sold. You can't have Hayden Christensen 
Ewan McGregor, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan without it being badass. Regardless, you could have them sitting around, you know, painting walls or peeling peeling paint off, dry paint off walls. It'll still be awesome. Okay. The show could have been so much more. I did not like the directing. I did not like the small budget that was put into it. It felt very cheap. It felt very claustrophobic. It felt very small. <clears throat> I think the only moment that there was like a grandiose feel was when Obi-Wan saw Anakin in sort of like a like a hallucination from far away on that planet that they were on. That was it. Uh, depth. A little bit of depth. Physical depth. Um, there were a lot of really stupid decisions. I think there was way too much focus on Reva, which made a lot of people resent her. And no, it's not because she's a girl. It just was a character that was interjected in a story where we had been waiting for Obi-Wan and Vader, and we got more so Reva's arc and Reva's character, which just pissed us a lot off. Off a lot. And she should never have known who Anakin was. She should never have been able to get away knowing who Anakin truly was and became, and the fact that Anakin has children. Nobody is supposed to know that information. I think Obi-Wan had a right to eliminate her, knowing that information, or mind wipe her. I think that would have made sense. You know, then then you got the minute detail stuff, like, you know, the Tala hitting the stormtroopers. You got uh, Vader not going through the fire or going around it or blowing a freaking gap into it with the Force. Uh, you've got Obi-Wan being this, like, little pussycat, honestly. It's like walking in the same footsteps, cookie-cutter method as Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, which was, you know, the main problem that divided so many fans to begin with. Changing a character off-screen, and I understand, you know, where Obi-Wan could be at this point in time, but still, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it seems like they, they keep doing the same old theme of, you know, he was found, he had all of this exposition, he had all of this storytelling, all of this character arc development that George Lucas had created, and then he goes ahead and loses all of that after the prequel trilogy and then finds it again in this new show and now he's a found man he's a new man bullshit no we should have just continued on what he was already where he already was obi-wan doesn't lose hope he doesn't need to find himself you don't need to always find yourself when when you become a jedi for so long i mean yes it's it's a cheap trick because in life we always find ourselves down and we've things we go through things and things happen where we are broken and then we build ourselves back together and they want to play off that emotion with a favorite character that we have but in my opinion that's not obi-wan kenobi he had already gone through his trials he'd gone through everything i understand order 66 would make him a very broken man but they could have gone a completely different route they could have gone where they would go with season two of kenobi if they ever make that where now he is confident um reva being stabbed twice bullshit you know, just just a lot of decisions in that show. I blame it on the writers and the directors. I think that they really had no idea uh, who these characters are. They may think they do, but they don't. And um, for that reason, I give the Kenobi show, and I'm very upset to do this, I give it a C, and that's being extremely generous. And that's only because I love Hayden and I love Ewan. And Ian McDermott, who was even at the in the end there, and I love those characters, but yeah, um, such a loss in my opinion, such a loss. Still, some cool moments. Don't get me wrong, you know, emotional moments. But how can you not? You can even have that with fan films, right? Uh, Star Wars Resistance never watched it. Was never interested. Star Wars Rebels, nice show, 
I enjoy these extra characters that have nothing to do with really the um, the main plot of Star Wars, but are kind of building upon the, you know, expanding the galaxy, expanding the lore, and giving us some other characters to fall in love with. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing Rex and Ahsoka's arcs. I enjoyed learning about Kanan and um, learning more about him and his time at the temple, how his master was Depa Balaba, whose her master was Mace Windu at one time. And just seeing, like, the progression of the Jedi and <clears throat> Vader's arc and Thrawn... And a lot of the interworkings of the Empire and how things were coming to be during this time. I enjoyed the show. It wasn't my favorite show. I didn't find it to be like mind-blowing like, you know, like Clone Wars, for example. But it was a cozy show. I liked it. I felt like there were a lot of episodes which were extremely redundant. They didn't even need to happen. They were literally quite, quite literally filler. I feel like they just sort of, uh, you know, they're at the ship. They go on a side mission, a side quest of a side quest. They get into some trouble they escape by the skin of their teeth and then they get all back together in the ship happily ever after cue the outro music you know and it was just like over and over and over again still a nice show don't get me wrong but yeah not my favorite uh i would give rebels a b bad batch i enjoyed the show you know looking forward to the final season uh it's a cute show about some mutant clones and i'm excited to see what happens to amiga we get a little bit of cad bane there it, again, just expanding on the clones. It's kind of like, you know, a, a spin-off of the Clone Wars, so to speak. I give the Bad Batch like a I would say in between a B and a C. So, you know, when I'm watching it, I think it's fun, so I'll give it a B. Boba Fett show. My god. How they missed the mark on this one as well. Boba Fett was not Boba Fett. He was bitch fett. Okay? Uh he was not Boba Fett. <clears throat> Boba Fett doesn't want to rule the res- with respect. The Vespa people, you know, there were so many decisions that were made here where Boba Fett was, you know, his whole crew is getting, like, annihilated and beaten up. And, and the dude just runs out in a robe. What's going on here? I mean, that's not Boba Fett. What's going on here? He doesn't care about any of this. Man, that that fool would have put his freaking suit on so fast and incinerated the entire place, gone after everyone he needed to go after like a goddamn stealth marksman, taking them all out, gotten to his slave one, blasted the whole place into dust, and gotten the heck out of there and taken on some bounties or done some work that he wanted to do. Freaking no survivors, okay? Like, <laughs> the cool, the coldest moment he had where he blew up those bikers, they were freaking innocent. Ah, oh, man, what a waste. What a waste. But he was on a rancor at the end. It's cool. Look, nobody loves Boba Fett more than me. Well, I'm sure they do. I loved Boba Fett as a kid. I thought he was so freaking cool, man. The two minutes that we saw him in Empire. So cool. Such a cool character. <clears throat> and then if you were reading the comics and the books, man, you fell in love with this character even more. Uh, if you were playing the games, you fell in love with him even more. Shadows of the Empire. God, everyone remembers that mission. I have to sadly give Boba Fett... Ugh. Like a C. Oh, man. You know what, dude? I'm being way too nice. Being way too nice. I give them both a D. I'm I'm being way too nice. Way way too nice. Andor. Andor. Okay. Let's talk about Andor. I liked the show. I thought it was fresh and different. It was very cozy. It was uh, something you'd watch on like a rainy day and really get into. I thought the acting was superb. 
But the score, the music was superb. Um, the sets, cinematography, everything. 10 out of 10. Really, really nice. <laughs> More of a budget than they ever gave any of the other shows, in my opinion. Um, except for maybe Mando. Mando! They all hate you, Mando. But it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. It felt like a space sci-fi show. Uh, it really built on the extracurricular activities going on around that time uh, with the development of the Death Star and the Empire coming to power and this and that, or being in power, actually. And I loved the prison scene. I thought that was fun. But at the end of the day, it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. It just felt like I'm watching a show that sometimes has some Star Wars references, but you're not really sure. It just felt like a Blade Runner kind of, and I love Blade Runner. I love, you know, cyberpunk stuff, synthwave, you know, I love that stuff. But yeah, boring. Boring show, slow, built up the story. I was invested for sure, but it wasn't really as exciting as uh, I thought they could have made it. Even Tony Gilroy said like half the time he was completely, had, had forgotten that this is even having to do with Star Wars. <clears throat> and to that I say, wow, you succeeded with the way you shot it. Um, this the cereal guy eating the cereal the whole time, man. I just I was so bored. I was so freaking bored, and so many people I've talking to talk to were so bored as well. Doesn't mean it's a bad show. I just listed all the things that were a ten out of ten on it, but that doesn't make a show good. Just like lightsaber battles don't make a show good, or uh, flashbacks, or you know things like that. Special characters coming, cameos coming in doesn't make a show good. You have to have it all, and I think personally. Andor was just a very mid-boring show for me. And that was my opinion on it. So I'm going to give Andor a C. And I'm putting it above Kenobi and Boba Fett. So that should tell you something about what I think about Andor. Okay. Now, uh, Ahsoka's not on here, but we're going to add it as well. I'm going to add it right now, actually. Hold on. Okay, cool. So now we've got Ahsoka in there as well. Right here at the bottom. So we're, we're good to go. Tales of the Jedi. 10-minute episodes, absolutely phenomenal. There was nothing wrong with it. I had nothing, no complaints, nothing. It felt like this was, this felt literally like George Lucas had created it. We got Dooku and Ahsoka, three episodes each. We got Qui-Gon in the Dooku episodes. We got so many things answered about how Yadel died and Dooku's turn, uh, Palpatine's involvement. We got, the, we got to see the works, which is a private place Palpatine would take Darth Maul and train him, as well as Dooku. To have his discussions. We saw a lot of Ahsoka's backstory as well and her development, but mainly my interest was Dooku. I thought those episodes were absolutely phenomenal and I really enjoyed them. I got nothing else to say. Phenomenal voice acting, everything, the CGI, lighting, the textures, the music, storytelling, everything perfect. S. Can't wait for season two. Unbelievably excited. Star Wars Clone Wars, the original 2D Clone Wars. This was something I used to watch on my tube TV when I was like 12 years old. And it was something that I really remember with joy. And it was something that really was like my first uh, sort of introduction into, well, it was the first Star Wars show. This was the first Star Wars show from what I remember. After, well, before, the, before Revenge of the Sith came out. This was after episode two and before episode three. And so it was really cool to see all this. We got to see us adventurous Anakin in a much more dark light. We really were able to understand his turn. Like, you can fully see that shit happening on screen. You know, you see the anger, the, the temptation, everything taking a hold of him. And it was really a great conclusion 
to episode two, in my opinion. Like it really rounded things out and really helped you understand more as you go into episode three. And I really enjoyed it. I really thought it, thought it was cool. And I really loved how they built on Grievous and how he couldn't breathe because Mace Windu crushed his whole chest. I enjoyed how they made Grievous look so menacing and frightening and scary by like hunting Jedi down. I really also enjoyed Anakin and Obi-Wan's dynamic, and I really appreciated how they made it a little more realistic and dark. I loved that. I thought it was really cool. So for that, I'm also going to give this an S tier. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and there's nothing else that I would add to it. I would just hopefully continue more seasons in that style. I thought it was really unique and different. <laughs> Dirge. Seeing Dirge. Dirge was cool. Okay, last but not least, I think... Yeah, and if I'm forgetting one, you let me know in the comments. The Ahsoka Show. All right. The Ahsoka Show, right here. What we got? The Ahsoka Show was, for me, really a beautiful experience up until the seventh or eighth episode, which I felt took a big dip story-wise. Let me tell you why. Obviously, the apprentice of the Chosen One, the main character of Star Wars, Anakin Skywalker, you know, Ahsoka is sort of carrying on that lineage and connecting us to that character that we love. He really is a very interesting character if you think about it. I mean, this is a Jedi who was trained by the Chosen One and eventually left the Jedi Order for all, all the right reasons. And she felt disillusioned. She felt they were all about politics. And we saw in the flashback there in the Ahsoka show that she really didn't sign up for this. She didn't sign up for this war. She wanted to be a Jedi. She didn't want to be a pawn in this political game, sending her to different planets and seeing all of this death and destruction for a cause that she didn't really even understand or agree with or have anything to do with. And I really respected how they went into so much detail with that, you know, showing Anakin <clears throat> in the world between worlds and maybe even rounding out his prophecy as the chosen one is the one who brings balance, uh, saving others from death. You know, it was pretty cool how they did that. Is that what George would have done? I don't know. But Dave did it. And, you know, he's the closest thing that we have to anything George would create. He wouldn't do everything George would do. He would do his own thing, but I think he really greatly respects George, and he would try to do something to carry these characters along the same arc that George had created them for. Uh, episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, in my opinion, did a fantastic job of balancing Ahsoka Tano, um, Anakin Skywalker, Sabine Wren, and my favorites, Balin Skull and Shin Hattie, who were the stars of the show for me. I think they really stole the show. I think they were really interesting. We really want to learn more about them. Who are these guys? Where'd they come from? How did they come to be? And what happened to them? Why are they now having an orange lightsaber, which is maybe indicative of the light and the dark side, having been a Jedi once, and now they're more in the dark? What do they want? Clearly, they don't, they don't really care about Thrawn. They care more so about what Balin wants, which is to find this person that's calling out to him, or this thing, this energy, and to break the cycle of the Republic of the Empire of the Jedi of destruction and, and so on and so forth and to break that cycle and to start it here on Peridia and maybe he was going to make his own new Jedi order or maybe he was going to become the son or the the father or the the, the cousin I don't, I don't know you know and that's it kept me on the edge of my seat and I feel like it did that really well and Thrawn was coming back and then now Ahsoka's on this planet and so Sabine and Ezra and this and that and you're more invested if you watched Rebels but once we got to seven and eight, it just was so safe and took all of the climax and the buildup and just kind of like didn't really even drop off. It just kind of like didn't really continue it at all. 
So in the end, I think what we have is something that's extremely interesting for where the story could go now with Luke Skywalker being, you know, the main protagonist of the galaxy. No more Ahsoka. And if Thrawn was afraid of Ahsoka for being Anakin's apprentice, he's going to doo-doo in his pants when he sees Luke, the son of Darth Vader. My God. He's going to have to create a new Jedi or something to help fight. Bring in the Ysilamari, which are these lizard creatures that repel the force, you know, around you. The more you have around you, the more of like a force field you have where the force doesn't work around you, you know, 30 feet, whatever. So, you know, the Ahsoka show I felt, felt was really great, really enjoyed the music, really enjoyed the acting. I know a lot of people say they hated the acting, but I made a video on that. Ahsoka was very dry and cold when unhopeful. When she was Ahsoka the Grey, when she was Ahsoka the White, she was much more lively, animated, and hopeful. So for me, you know, that helped obviously answer my question there and a lot of people question that she acts like she is she's cardboard or whatever whatever people were saying as for Ezra and Sabine not my favorite characters not too invested in them Sabine using the force I thought was hokey I thought it was lame but then understanding more and thinking about it that she is a direct descendant of Tar Vizla and he was the first Mandalorian Jedi in history so it only makes sense that this girl would be able to use the force to that extent no not yet. Not yet, as Master Windu would say. But I think, you know, it, it def definitely does make sense because, well, yeah. I mean, that's a character that was created in the Clone Wars. And sure, fine. Whatever. There were some moments in Rebels where we did get some sort of hints that she is Force-sensitive, right? And I've mentioned those in previous videos. Like on that planet, I think it was Season 4 or whatever it was, where she hears a voice. Nobody else hears a voice. You know, what's the deal with this? And she's a descendant of the guy. So, yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, I think they could have done a lot more with the season finale. I felt it was a little bit lame. I wasn't really too crazy about it. I thought it was cool, but it wasn't, like, mind-blowing. Um, the fight with Elsbeth, it was okay. Uh, I think there also could have been more done there. As well as the choreography. I wish they would have hired Nick Gillard, but it is what it is. Uh, so, with Ahsoka, I would give Ahsoka... Where would I rank that? I would put Ahsoka at a B. Yeah, I think I'm happy with this tier list. So, this is what I've got. This is what I've rated all of the shows since Disney has acquired Star Wars. In the S tier, meaning that nothing could be improved, absolutely perfect, absolutely phenomenal in every sort of way. Music, acting, cinematography, um, VFX, whatever it might be. Are the animated shows, to be honest. The Clone Wars seasons 1 through 7, Tales of the Jedi, Dooku and Ahsoka, and then the original Star Wars Clone Wars. Gendy Tartovsky, Tartovsky, uh, you know what I'm saying. And then in the next tier, the A tier, we have The Mandalorian. Now, it would have been an S tier if we didn't get Season 3. I really didn't like Season 3. I thought it was weird. So Season 1 and Season 2 brought it up to an A. If we were going to rate Season 3 alone, I would give it probably a C. I would put it with Andor. So, you know, typically that should bring you to a B, but, you know, we'll give it an A because... I have hope that it'll be great. B tier, we have Star Wars Rebels, we have the Bad Batch, and then we have Ahsoka. Ahsoka is really teetering on an A and a B, but there are no half marks here, so I'm just giving it a B. Fell, fell a little short with the finale for me and, and episode seven. You know, after that whole thing with Balin and Shin, I would have was expecting more. We didn't get anything. Rest in peace, Ray Stevens. C, we got Andor. Cool show, you know, it's the extra show has some stuff with um the world building of Star Wars, but didn't feel like Star Wars all that much. I gave it a C. Teetering on a B, we gave it a C plus. 
D, they absolutely shat the bed with what these shows could have been, Obi-Wan Kenobi and The Book of Boba Fett, which I explained all my reasons. And it breaks my heart to even put it there. Never watched Star Wars Resistance. I have no interest. And those are my tier lists. That's, that's what I would rate the shows. So let me know what you would rate the shows. You can find me on Twitter and you can do this tier list yourself and tag me. Let me know what you rated the shows. If maybe ours are similar, maybe they're completely different and that's okay. Uh, I hope that I can ensure that you know your vote will always be cared for no matter what it is if you put Andor at an S and you know uh, Tales of the Jedi at a D or a, an F even if there is that option I want you guys to know that I always respect you guys' opinions no matter what and I encourage your opinions just be nice to one another just be respectful everyone can have opinions and not all, all of us are clones so that is my tier list for the shows let me know what you thought find me on Instagram. I hope all of you listening on the podcast on Star Wars Theory Podcast and iTunes are enjoying this and I'll see you all in the next one. Until then, remember the Force will be with you always.